0: Uh, what do you think is the main responsibility of media, especially in uh, in situations where there are skirmish or, you know, wars or, you know, things like this at this moment? Um, how do you think would be the proper way to address conflict? Because like I can see that you're in a conflict um uh, I mean, you're in an area where there is conflict abounding, you know all around, you know so how do you how do you take this?
1: First and foremost is that you need to become well informed. I mean, before you do something, you need to be well informed from both sides, you know what you want to talk about. And I think one of the most important thing that a media person should do is that he should not instruct. I mean, your your job is not to instruct anyone what to do, or um, how to do things. But instead, you should become a venue for dialogue. You should become you should you should facilitate more dialogue from both sides, not just like, um, not just clinging from one side or the other side because, you know, um, though I, I really believe that um, there's no such thing as unbiased news because you are a person yourself, the one who's writing the news, for instance, you have your biases and as much as you digress from your biases, it will come out even unnaturally in the things that you do. But the least thing you can do is really to facilitate dialogue. Okay, let's say that you are for this side, and then um, so you your biases would come out in your writing or in your videos or something like that. But you should never silence anyone if they would like to if they would like to say something. You know, you should facilitate dialogue, but facilitate it not in a way that it becomes a ping pong of bad words from both sides, but Facilitate it in a way that it becomes more. Let's say, if we can't reach the academic, <laughs> if if we can't reach the academic, at least the one that's um rooted from respect and the 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 rooted from the our thirst to understand each other.
2: Hey hey hey! This is Edward, and you're listening to the Dreamcatcher Quest podcast. This show is about conversations with people who have magically and smartly achieved their dreams, their bucket lists, and life goals. Anyway, I hope you'd enjoy this episode and happy dream catching.
0: And now we're back at the podcast. Uh, once again, Edward from Dream Catcher, your wingman. And today we're going to talk with a media specialist. I don't know if any one of you have thought of working in the media industry. So today I'm going to talk with my friend Yong. He is in Nazareth at the moment, and yes, um, I was I, I was able to catch up with him. I think in 2019 in the Philippines over beer, somewhere in 2018. Yeah. That's 2018. 2018, yeah, somewhere <laughs> in Mandaluyong with another yeah. <laughs> another guy from the media and audio engineer and yeah. that's why when i i decided okay let's just const- let's let's just start this podcast i right away thought about him uh those conversations led to a lot of you know a myriad of topics and so i said okay i'm just i'm just gonna chime in and then hopefully he he, he bites the bait so here he <laughs> <is>. <laughs> so here he is and yeah. i'm so excited <laughs> to have him so young uh, please introduce yourself what you do where you came from your influences I don't know your studies everything okay. so
1: my name is young so that's my household name but I'm really my name is really Leo Hao. so I come from a very small town in the Philippines the south of the Philippines so it's it's like um, in the middle of the valley so like the slogan of my municipality is like the art of the ba- of the valley because it's like huh. we we do a lot of like art trainings in my municipality and it's like the heart of the valley the, the capital of the valley of the province so and then i have i used to have two brothers and one sister but about my one of my brother passed away so and then i, I now i'm 31 years old and I studied communication arts in media arts in the university mm-hmm. of the Philippines, and also mm-hmm. tried to <laughs> tried to pursue a master's in film in uh. Uh, the, the university of the Philippines, Diliman, but, um, I haven't finished it yet. So, um, influences well, I think my biggest influence is like my parents, especially my mom. So mm-hmm. my mom is, a, is an artist per se, and also an educator. So uh-huh. my mom is like, um, she used to handle a lot of theater workshops, just she's, she was so known in my in my province, mm-hmm. and even the, 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 the in Mindanao, she travels all around Mindanao just to give theater workshops. So I used to mm-hmm. come with them. So um, I even I can still even see pictures of me, like being used as a prop on stage. <laughs> so and yeah. So my mom really wanted me to explore everything, you know, everything, everything in life. If there's a word, if there's, if, if we're so, if we we you know this word, like the compulsive buyer that we mm-hmm. see right now, like people just buy mm-hmm. things, no? when they see one, mm-hmm. I want it right away. So basically, my mom is like that, but mm-hmm. in a different way, because every time she knows about um, a workshop for kids, for mm-hmm. instance, a theater workshop or a music workshop or a dance workshop or a visual arts workshop, a sports workshop. So she enlists me every time. So <laughs> so <laughs> and then I really never had like the feeling of no, I don't want to join that. I really never had that <laughs> kind of thought. I was just go with the flow. This week uh-huh. I was dancing, next week I'll be singing, and then maybe next next week I'll be mm-hmm. gardening. So <laughs> what? thought? Yeah. And then it it was like that so so I was I tried to like um, not really master what what I was doing but really like um, gathering informations you know um, mm-hmm. maybe I won't be able to use that right now but maybe later I, I maybe later I will but it doesn't matter yes. it, it, what matters okay. like the experience the people that you encounter in those kind of experiences and also um i was given a very very big not very big land but um a very big um playground of mine you know to play with uh-huh. what i have i mean i mean with music with arts or uh-huh. with, with with photography and everything and then we weren't rich so uh, my mom can't buy me a camera if i would like to like if i would like to become yeah. a photographer so uh-huh sometimes that was the li- those are the limits of like my learning mm. if we can't afford it. Or yes. there was a time that I was like enrolled in ballet. I think I was nine mm. or 10 years old. So I did ballet, like classical ballet. And then uh-huh. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. And then I remember like, we still needed to travel like every time there's a lesson, I would need to travel like an hour. So would need to wake up mm-hmm. early in the morning just to go to class and then start dancing. And then after four hours, I would come back home. So mm-hmm. and then economically, it was really very difficult, you know, to, to pursue that mm-hmm. kind of um, thing. So um, so what my mom did was was really interesting because what she did was like she invited over those um, those trainers to come mm-hmm. to our place and then mm-hmm. invited more other kids, mostly my classmates to join the workshop so that it would be accessi- more accessible for me and also like more peop- more more children from my mm-hmm. from my small town would like mm-hmm. get to would like to get to experience th- those kind of um, things so yeah it, mm-hmm. was, it was it was very it was very thoughtful i think <laughs> for my mom to think about that and the same thing with sports and everything you know so usually growing up with my brothers, I was like um, because me and my sister have like nine years gap, so n- mm-hmm. nine year gap. So it's kind of mm-hmm. so sh- she went to the picture like a bit later. So growing mm-hmm. up with my brothers, I was like always the odd, odd man out, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so with my brothers, they are all they are very sporty. So and also mm-hmm. I like doing sports. So mm-hmm. I, there was no one to look up when I was like growing up. So I have them, I, I was looking up at them. So I was thinking, like, I, I want to play sports too. I want to become like them. no? Mm-hmm. So they, the, both of them, they used to play football. So uh, soccer, so, <laughs> so, and then I wanted to become one, but I, I don't know. My, I think my stamina is not built for that sport. I tried, but I, mm-hmm. my stamina isn't built for that sport. So mm-hmm. instead I played tennis badminton Mm -hmm. and table tennis and also like really joined workshop or trainings to to be better at it tried to compete in different regional meets and and everything Mm -hmm. so so uh, let's say like a picture of me is like i i wanted to do everything so i i just like what you said in your introduction i tried to bite at everything that was um in front
0: of my face Yeah, we we discussed this in a previous podcast with a free diver friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about being a generalist and eventually uh, an author that I'm following on productivity and lifestyle design, his name is Timothy Ferris. Um, he wrote an article about generalists and why the world needs more generalists in a way. Uh, because uh, one, one part that was for me crucial was that uh, in a way, generalists are the one that really are the, how do you call that? They change the world. You know, The generalists change the world because they can connect to a lot of uh, fields. And in a way, the generalist is a leader because if you're going to lead a certain, let's just say, a group or a clique or a, an industry, you need to have at least the foresight of many little things. You don't need to be an expert into one like very deep, um, but eventually you need to lead other people. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. If I, my life flowed into that kind of category of, peop- of people, so yeah. Anyway, that I digress a little bit. Um, so uh, you are in Nazareth, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you do there for a living? What do you, what are your activities and how is it there? So
1: right now I'm working for a media center. So it's called Mm -hmm. the Christian media center. So Mm -hmm. basically we produce, um, live shows or even like um, talk shows Mm -hmm. and everything. And then, and some channels around the world take it, Mm -hmm. so stream it, so it's like it we, we are being aired into like I think 64 countries so mm-hmm. different channels so wow. one of the most known is like EWTN I guess yes and yes. basically um, what I do is kind of varies a, a lot of things so mm-hmm. so let's let's talk about my experience so my experience before coming to Nazareth I used to work as segment producer for ABS CBN where okay. I used to write a research, uh-huh. write, uh-huh. direct, and uh-huh. pre-edit episodes. So that's uh-huh. my thing. So I had more experience in pre-production, not uh-huh. really on like using the camera or really editing uh-huh. it. I just put things yeah. in, you know, and then after uh-huh. working in EBS, cbn I used to work in Project NOAA. So it's like I used to work in strategic communications, so my mm-hmm. role was like to simplify everything that the scientists mm-hmm. do. I used to work with geologists, geographers, mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. technologists, meteorologists. So they do research. So my goal yes. was to simplify everything that they do—not really yeah. simplify, simplify, but really laymanize it so that people mm-hmm. like me who didn't study science would understand it. So. Yeah so i so that's why we do like um a yes. lot of campaigns um we yeah. go on t v on radio so to to bring this project to the people so that people could use it so, yes you no know? yes so basically mm-hmm. it's it's that kind of experience so when I came here, um mm-hmm. just the thought that I was in the media before, not even thinking that um mm-hmm. that I really don't use the camera or I really mm-hmm. don't edit, I do basics, you know mm-hmm. so <laughs> but it was the job that was. So I said, yeah, okay, exactly. so what should I do? I mean, I thought I'll just be like editing, really just editing. But they said, no, you, you won't be just editing. We saw mm-hmm. that in your experience that you kind of uh-huh. know a lot of things. So maybe you can uh-huh. become a cameraman. You can become like, I'm a jolly. So I edit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I edit. I also produce. I also write. So uh, uh-huh. one of the most interesting things that I'm doing right now is that I'm editing a Mm -hmm. talk show for brazil and portugal so everything is Mm -hmm. in portuguese Mm -hmm. so so imagine like uh, the 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 confusion in my mind you know (laughs) (laughs) so they talk sometimes so my producer even like um um trust me a lot so Uh so when i cut things she not even Uh say like um and Oh, you, I should supervise you every time you cut because maybe you cut the wrong word or you know, uh, I mean yeah. the context will be different something like that. No, she she trusted me. <laughs> <laughs> she just see my the final output and then you say okay, this is ready for airing, okay like that. So it was very interesting. So I I got to like operate um mm-hmm. professional cameras when I arrived here and I got to like edit the professional software so when I arrived here I've never used a audio console before but Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. got to use it the the second week that I arrived here a video mixer for instance the one that you really use for professional broadcast haven't used those before those when I was working in the television company in the Philippines like those are like left for the directors the the big bosses you know Uh, I haven't touched that I haven't touched that um that machine so when I was when I came here. So really um instead of like um them gaining from me, it's like I thought I like maybe I was like the one gaining something from them because <laughs> really a lot of experiences. And yeah. also at the same time, aside from being a, a a working in the media, I also like follow some kids, you know? So we have a group of kids like I really work for unity. For instance, mm-hmm. I'm in a, I'm in a country who's like um very much um very much scarred with um with with war and everything Mm -hmm. so um coexistence is really difficult we have like the arabs we have the Mm -hmm. the jewish so we have in terms of religions we have like um the muslims the 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 jewish and the in the in the christians in terms of christianity we have all i think almost all churches uh, almost all christian churches are present here so it's Mm -hmm. like there's I, we're working a lot of um, um, activities for these kids. One mm-hmm. of the most interesting thing that we've done, like last year' is like we taught them how to um, how to make films so that um, oh. they can make a film of the, from their own so for instance we're yeah. also working the whole middle east so israel oh, banan and israel uh, and and syria they should not yes, communicate yes. with each other but you know with uh-huh. these kids like they are so uh-huh. willing to like really uh-huh. um share their experiences and how they made films and something like that so it's one of the most rewarding thing to be working in here amazing
0: amazing wait a second let's just uh get back make a backstory how did you end up going to nazareth uh from working in the media uh, in the meteorological Noah nowhere right yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh how do you call that society how, how did you end up going there what was the
1: transition well, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of um how do you call it it's, it's kind of drift <laughs> drift right or drift left something it, it was kind of like that so so I, I i just what i said before like my mom is like offering me everything and i'm just taking it taking it taking it so mm-hmm. one of it like is um meeting a group of kids who mm-hmm. wanted to do good for the society like mm-hmm. but their basis of doing good to the society is really living, living Christian life, you know, Uh, an authentic Christian life. So I was part of this group, the Focolare. So, Mm -hmm. and then before it was just like, kind of, um, being together with those people. the folklore because i really like those people they are Mm -hmm. really radical in terms of loving and then they were they're also very smart i like them and they 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 share their thoughts especially loving what do you mean by loving loving in terms of um loving in terms of like doing good to other people or, mm-hmm. for instance, um, maybe forgiving, forgiving your enemies if you have some, or, okay, okay. or, um, in terms of being charitable, no? Yes, but yes. This yes. kind of words is kind of
0: more, more and lofty, hope, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, All right. Just to put context that this is not the romantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Good, good point, good
1: point. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was, I was this, this people, you know, so, and then there are mm-hmm. also other people who like um, um more mature men or women mm-hmm. who follow us as like young people. Mm-hmm. So, and then I really like their dedication to what they were mm-hmm. doing, you know, mm-hmm. and then they're not just like your typical... Um, saintly or pious people that you see around, like <laughs> with their veil mm-hmm. in their head when they go to church mm-hmm. or praying, something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, they're normal people. They're just like me. And I mean, I mean, they they hang out with us, uh, mm-hmm. sports or go to bars sometimes, and you know, this kind of people. And then, but at the same time, there was some depth in their in their dreams and their visions, which is mm-hmm. really a united world. And mm-hmm. From there, I was like um, working in those um, previous in the previous careers that I, I had. Like, I mean, I've always thinking that I wanted to do more. I mean, I wanted to do more. I think it was already more. I mean, I was I used to I used to earn like like I had the same salary grade with my father who was like about to retire at that time. And then, but I said mm-hmm. no. I, I really wanted to do more. Like. More than maybe not just money, something like that. I want to do, I want to leave an impact in the society. Mm-hmm. So they gave me the they opened the road for me, mm-hmm. let's say. So mm-hmm. I went to like commit myself in this way of
0: life. Amazing, amazing. Um, just for full context no. so the focolare, what does it mean, really? The focolare word in itself. Uh,
1: well, the word in itself, like, translation is from an Italian word. It's like a fireplace. Fire. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, it's, um, it doesn't, it, the, the meaning of the word and the meaning of, uh, like, what the, what the organization do or the movement does isn't really, like, very related. I mean, I mean. Mm-hmm. It was just like given by, by the bishop, like, okay, name yourself mm-hmm. a folklari, you know? But mm-hmm. it's usually what, what the focolare stands for. It's like, it brings people together so that, mm-hmm. um, they can live an authentic Christian life, like meaning mm-hmm. leaving the, leaving the gospel mm-hmm. concretely, you know, when mm-hmm. you say love your, when the, with the gospel said, like, love your enemy, it means loving your enemy concretely. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just, it's not just theoretical. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it came from that. And then later on, um, going through the experiences of the movement, it was seen like, oh, we should do something that God wants. So like, for instance, in this side, um, Jesus was like praying that that all men may be one, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you and I are one, Father. So so Mm -hmm. the direction went there, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not just like went there and left the other things around. No, it's like I mean, yeah, yeah. Only, I mean, putting all the efforts, like mm-hmm. all the efforts of like leaving the gospel concretely, doing that, you're also like um mm-hmm. trying to to um to achieve what what, what God wanted.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Interesting because I, I see it like a if if the challenge is so huge in a way. Uh, you mentioned that uh, the prayer of Jesus that all men all men may be one, right? Mm-hmm. So in a way, I can see you like you're part of this huge mosaic of different experience of people striving towards that direction.
2: Exactly.
0: And you are now in a place where um, I could say this is just my opinion, and I may be, I might be wrong, but I always felt because of the news, the news is always saying that even Jesus who was born where he is, there's still no peace there. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the moment I, I heard that from the TV, it made me realize like, yeah, why? Why? <laughs> and then right now you you come here, uh, I mean, in the podcast, and then you say, we are working for unity. It must be a heavy burden in the shoulders. So it must be a big responsibility. It's not like, you know, Floating in the clouds, saying, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. And, you know, we're working for this. So we're just going to go on to some events and conventions and just talk it out. I think it's it's not like that. So let me just, I'd like to ask to you uh, concretely, because you say c- a concrete kind of love. Mm-hmm. This is a very huge, uh, encompassing word, emotion. I don't know how, what else, a uh, thought, an idea. How do you... Act out the part that you are a part of this huge mosaic leaving a positive impact on other people you on a personal level what is your role and how do you do this with using all the gifts and talents that you have
1: um maybe i think it's before, like going to the professional level, let's start with me mm-hmm. being at home mm-hmm. or cleaning mm-hmm. my front yard or my backyard or something like that. So mm-hmm. I live in a neighborhood It's composed of like Muslims and Christians alike. So they're mm-hmm. Arabs, you know, mm-hmm. and, they're all, we also, and the apartment below us are also like Filipinos. But they're like, mm-hmm. they come here as caregivers. So mm-hmm. um, most Filipinos here, if they're not priests or nuns, or Mm -hmm. they're not married to an Israeli, they're caregivers. Mm-hmm. So basically, when people see me, they 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 they, they always um, assume that I'm I'm also a caregiver, and that sometimes mm-hmm. I will just go with the flow and said yes, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I do care for my brothers at home.
2: I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> I do
1: have, I'm living with a sixty. No, I'm living with a seventy-year-old Italian at home. So every time we go out, they always think that oh, it's your it's the one that yeah, you're yeah. taking yeah. for and they're, <laughs> yeah, always, Yes, I take care of you, <laughs> Something like that, and. You know, I mean, it's it was really being um, being polite. I think mm-hmm. it was, like, the first step that I had. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. also greeting them, like, not giving them the the impression that I'm just ignoring them when they're around. So when mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. pass by them, I really try to greet them. With my poor Arabic, I really try to greet mm-hmm. them. Like,
2: okay. Good
1: morning, good day, and something like that. It's like, I see mm-hmm. them, like... Um, Going to uh, because we have a lot of stairs here in Nazareth, so mm-hmm. when I see them like coming from the grocery, and then they have a lot of stuff that I, I try to mm-hmm. open, offer help, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even if I don't know the person. So, mm-hmm. and it's really, it's really, I think it's not just, I think this, 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 um, ideal of unity. Mm-hmm. sometimes you think it's, it's just a very small app to to arrive there and that mm-hmm. but no we start there you know mm-hmm. so in terms of like professionally how do i try to leave an impact um i also used to work with um i, I work with different people so i mean for instance mm-hmm. here in my office i'm the only filipino everyone's portuguese Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. sometimes they give me instructions. Sometimes I give instructions to them. So imagine, mm-hmm. like, the language that we use. It's either we speak yeah. in English. They don't speak English. Maybe some just speak English, but not, like, yeah. the English, like the professional yeah. kind of English, you know, just mm-hmm. English to get by. Mm-hmm. They don't really speak Italian at all. So, mm-hmm. and then I don't speak Portuguese. So, but yes, yes. So, but anyway, I think in that sense, like, even with the with the differences in languages, mm-hmm. it was this language of love that we we that, that really brought us together. Until now, I'm still here. And they still love working with me. I still love working with them, though, I'll be leaving in, in a month. <laughs> so believing, oh. uh, believing work, I mean, mm-hmm. so okay. I mean, you know, it, 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 because, because understanding each other, Um, It's more than just like understanding them through languages, but really on like your concrete, the concrete acts that you like do to them. So yeah, there are difficulties, but you know you talk it out and it gets done.
0: Basically, um, I I see it as though it's pretty meta. Uh, Mm -hmm. You live in a daily life, your daily life as you know um how would i say it it's an internal shift in a way exactly yeah internal shift that manifests uh in the simplest of ways and at the same time once you get passed through it you now get into the literal translation of living in unity with people of different Cultures and perspectives. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, you're living it twenty four seven, isn't it? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. think.
2: <laughs> I hope so.
1: That's the uh, goal. That's the goal. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think we should never put a meta on like the unity okay. itself. I mean, mm-hmm. we shouldn't say like, okay, if we achieve this, there's unity. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I think it should be a continuous evolution. I mean, it's like it should be a continuous metanoia. Uh, Because if we stop there and we we get laxed, I mean, we relax our our efforts, we relax everything that we have, I mean, I think we'll end up starting to
0: zero. Correct. Metanoia, you mean change of heart, is it? Yeah,
1: change, change, yeah,
0: conversion of heart, yeah. Conversion of heart. Amazing, amazing. Well, it 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 really it touches me. I think I also remembered that we had this conversation of 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 NOAA. I, I I forgot to, but in a moment ago, about what is this NOAA again? What does okay. it mean? N O A H.
1: So it means like nationwide operational assessment of hazards. So. Um. What we do was like, we map out the risks. For instance, Uh we map out that this, in this place, in this place, like if it rains like around a hundred, um, um, it, it, it rains this, this much after three Uh hours, there will be like a knee length flood. So for instance, we map out those places. Like if it rains this much, there will be a landslide Uh that will reach up to that part Uh of town so Mm -hmm. this kind of thing so we try to map them out and then make people know that this this um this this assessment exists and it was proven Mm -hmm. that it's true like i mean the things that we map out Mm -hmm. when we compare it to we compare it to like what happened Mm
0: -hmm. our 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 results were more or less accurate yes yes ah uh, okay now now i got the got the full context also also i wanted just to just uh open it up because young uh, and i we go way back uh we have this connection because of this noah in a way mm-hmm. because in 2013 i survived uh, my my host city uh unfortunately some people died because of this super typhoon high exactly and i heard of noah uh, initially and uh, I think even before Hayan uh, hit land, Noah was already there, <laughs> giving all the warning <laughs> signs that this is a monster. And even Noah was also there afterwards. And then I met him. I mean, I met I met you somewhere. Thai, I years, think, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that that made a that of, sort of etched. Uh, something in me that uh, scientifically there are also people uh, living this way of life uh, Mm -hmm. as you say it uh, striving for unity even in the scientific community which is which is for me something very interesting and yeah so yeah I think in a way what your adventure of from being a jack of all trades As you said in in my survey master of none no you're master of like a lot of things i would say that and in a way shifting going to another country pursuing a certain ideal that is ever so uh, how do you call that you have to do it in every single day Uh, be consistent be being mindful uh i just like to ask how does this um, affect you in a way uh, mentally physically you know as a human person I think it it's very taxing but how do you keep up with it uh, physiologically or mentally how do you take care of yourself you know <laughs> take care of myself
1: so huge <laughs> word. <You should. laughs> everything that we we after everything bad that we do to ourselves i mean like not sleeping well or not eating on time something like that uh, taking care is like really a huge word for me but anyway i i remember like um before i left from the philippines i mean around before i left philippines around 2014 yeah, the end of 2014, 2015 so something like that Mm. i used to like um weigh around 87 kilos i mean i'm just i'm and then my height is only five five so imagine like oh you're so overweight (laughs) i was very overweight so and then it was a very difficult feeling because i used to do a lot of field work you know i need to walk and (gasps) say (laughs) <laughs> i used to be more fit when i was in the university because i was part of the varsity so i used to uh-huh. play a lot of table tennis four times uh-huh. a week so, and then uh-huh. when i graduated like ugh. and then i used yeah. to edit at the, until three in the morning and then eating yeah. pizza uh, two boxes of pizza by myself something wow. something paradise. like that <laughs> exactly <laughs> paradise <laughs> So, so I, said, no, I think um um it, my my first motivation wasn't that good i mean i just wanted to look good i mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just wanted to look good i just wanted my pants to fit and then Mm -hmm. something like that but later on it's like no it's really about health you know Mm -hmm. so then i said okay i'll try like what my friends does so i mean UP Diliman. so UP Diliman, university Uh of the philippines Diliman, is very it's, it's like a jogger's paradise Yes, yes, it's like yes, around like two point five kilometer, um, yeah, yeah, over. yeah, yeah, yeah over, yes. all covered trees. So yes, Akasha even place, if yeah. you, even if like you run on like midday, are yeah, still it's under cool. the yeah. It's very it's yeah. very wonderful. So I said ah, no. I want to try to like live like oh. them like hey, it's so cool i need to buy my <laughs> beautiful my, my a, good, a good tri-fit shirt or a good yeah, yeah, running yeah.
2: shoes
0: <laughs> yeah it feels like when you <laughs> run there you're like a celebrity <laughs>
1: Exactly, just to keep up with them you know so instead yeah. of like instead of like investing for a good shirt to go to the bar or something like yeah, that, that maybe it. i should invest with good shoes to run so yeah. I, did, I did all of those but nothing happened I mean I didn't run mm-hmm. anyway. so <laughs> I said I think I need to do something I need to do diet so I started uh-huh. I started losing weight so but then my face was like I was I was just like eating um, I had no carbs diet so uh-huh. and then my face started to sag like this like really like this uh-huh. But, uh-huh. but then my the result was really good i mean from 87 i drastically reached i'm 75 after mm-hmm. two months mm-hmm. and then my my face was like sagging like this and everything oh, like no. that so mm-hmm. my my office mates would tell me like oh, i think you're sick i think your diet's not good something like that uh-huh. and then i encountered this this um this interview i don't know where i i really mm-hmm. forgot like saying like the woman said like you know every time like we skip a meal mm-hmm. it's like we're training our body Mm -hmm. that um they should conserve their fats i mean the Mm -hmm. nutrients that they have so that if we skip a meal like even an Mm -hmm. hour after two hours after they still have something to digest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it means like our metabolism like gets um um, becomes slower something like that yes 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 so so if you want to like if you want to lose weight you should have like a faster metabolism so something (laughs) like that so so she said like you should eat more, eat more. You need to eat more, mm-hmm. but in small small portions, but mm-hmm. always eat. Never skip a meal. In ev- mm-hmm. every hour, mm-hmm. every two hours, you should eat something. In small portions, mm-hmm. if you want like a, a better result, it should be like fibrous meal, something like that. So mm-hmm. basically, I did that, and then I, I, I cut the weight until, um, reached sixty three and then I left for Italy and something like that. And the same thing happened. So I became lax when I arrived here. I reached like mm-hmm. I almost reached the the, the the same weight again and then mm-hmm. started working out. But then pandemic happened. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> pandemic happened so I, that's when I I stopped again and then I became really 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 depressed about it. Not just mm-hmm. because I can't work out but I can't go out. I think almost mm-hmm. everyone had the same experience, yeah. mm-hmm. so it, it really it really hit me hard. I mean, pandemic. I mean, the the depression, and then you and then there's this feeling that you can't just tell this to anyone. I mean, you can't just tell mm-hmm. anyone that you know what I'm depressed because you know that everyone's depressed. The moment of time, I mean, you, you try to keep it in, keep it in, keep it in. Yeah, so, yeah. so the way that I took care of myself is really thinking what mm-hmm. I used to do in the Philippines. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: try doing it again, maybe mm-hmm. not that not that radical, maybe mm-hmm. a g- gradual, something mm-hmm. like that. And then also, um, I've realized that um keeping it in everything.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: not so good. You know, I mean, there will come a time that you will burst. Yes. or you just can't carry it anymore. I mean, I, I used to, there was a period during the pandemic, I, I dragged myself to work. I mean, I'm one of those lucky people who, were, mm-hmm. who continued working because I work in the media. So I mm-hmm. I never stopped working in the office, something like that. I still go to the mm-hmm. office, something like that. I dragged myself because I I'm I was tired. I mean, I, I, I was depressed, something like that. Mm-hmm. But then it started. Talking to a a therapist about it, I mean, really, and, and it shouldn't be a taboo. I mean, talking to a therapist or someone in a in a who has a professional um, grasp of, of of those kind of things is really important. It's really important if you can like find those people. Then at least a friend, you know. And also, as much as me talking to them. I also mm-hmm. find it like um, find it very, very therapeutic every time someone talks to me <laughs> about their experience, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. give, I don't give like um, I don't give a psychologist point of view. <laughs> I, I don't even talk. I mean, sometimes I just wait for them to ask me like, "How was your experience?" So, and yes. then, you know, it's it was like. It's like an air purifier in you. You breathe in, you breathe out. You breathe in, you breathe out. You breathe in, you breathe out. So, I mean, that's how I like um, tried to um, to stay in shape, not just physically, but also mentally. And also, it, it was a perk that I'm I'm living with a doctor, <laughs> and uh, yeah. uh, and then and more matured. Than me, like they have a lot of like diets. Like I mean, they don't they, sh- they don't consume a lot of sugar, a lot of oil, a lot of things. So uh, it it wasn't that bad. I mean, <laughs> um, having the same diet with them. So I think it, it was really
0: good. Oh great, yeah. I, I I couldn't really say. Uh, in in a way, during the pandemic, I don't know. Um, most people would have thought that I had this huge difficulty uh uh for the shift of staying at home because i was the one most people would say ah he's going around always <laughs> going around going around going around and then what now edward because you're going to stay at home but then uh as uh, as family life creeped in <laughs> creeped in into my reality it actually made me had a strong foothold or a good anchor a good base um to stay home and take care of my family in a way and that kept me busy so i think i am so fortunate uh that my travels my vagabonding helped me um bear the brunt of the pandemic uh it was something kind of new to hear uh to be honest in social media that there was sort of like a mass hysteria of depression Mm. yeah and in my end as like i don't know how it would be but um i know that it's not as simple as that because i think um there was also like for you you said that you had doctor um you know very near you so Basically, in a sense, you were sort of uh, clinically um, diagnosed in a way that okay, you're undergoing this. But for others, it I felt I felt I'm not judging other people, but I felt like it just became a very loose word that they are using. Oh, I'm in depression, something like that. Mm-hmm. Especially for the millennials, um, for the whatever, for the younger people, 12, 13. I was kind of afraid, actually, if it was clinically proven that they have um, depression because it became a very loose word. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I did not win this game. I'm
2: depressed.
0: You mm-hmm. know, they're playing some whatever. They're on TikTok. Uh, the kid, uh, the, somebody turned off the TV. So this kid would say, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. And I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of tough. Uh, how society also reacts uh, as, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a clique, as a social, you know, entity. But I'm happy that uh, for you, you you were able to, I think it's also bolstered by the, the presence of a sort of an ideal, in a way, um, of people around you. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to hear that. You're able to manage it. Uh, I had friends who really were clinically diagnosed with depression during the pandemic, and I think it's not a, it's not an easy thing, because it's as though, it's beyond sadness, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's That's a limbo.
1: What, That's a limbo. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It, they uh, they said it's beyond sadness, man. It, it just goes on and on and on and on, and uh, the. The fact of the matter is, there's also the play of shame that you don't want to, you know. I don't want to hassle other people, but I'm suffering inside. So yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. I just want to stress out that maybe it's not I'll a, just
1: add something. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the one of my difficulty at that time is like to say that I'm in depression.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was because if you know me, I mean, I'm a very yeah a jolly old jolly, fellow i bubbly. mean yeah, yeah. i always talk i always joke around and then i tell someone that oh i, I you know i i'm in depression yeah. they don't believe me i mean yeah. that was the that was the stigma in me like that's why mm-hmm. I, I i didn't use like I, I i didn't say like i was in depression around like before the pandemic i mean though i was mm. clinically like i i, mm. I was clinically diagnosed that i had depression but I, I didn't say like, okay. I didn't say like to, to anybody like, Oh, you know what I was, depre- I was depressive. I mean, you okay. know, no, because there was a stigma and I was trying to kind of, and then that was the, I think that was the positive thing for me for this, um for the past two years that like, I mean, really breaking out that stigma that even like those happy people can can have like depression and it's, and it should be like clinically
0: diagnosed. Too. <laughs> yeah, that I, I think that's uh something that has to be clarified there mm-hmm. that you cannot just self induce, I mean self-diagnose yourself. Uh you, you might have the symptoms, but uh in a way for me, getting help, uh clinically getting clinically diagnosed is the best and proper way to address it in a way mm-hmm. so you might see that your relatives or people around you they might act odd so maybe help them out to mm-hmm. get checked you know exactly because maybe they don't also know it you know so i think uh, that's also one of our responsibilities as, as a human being so you see some people behaving differently you know and if you know mm-hmm. a therapist or a medical practitioner just you know uh could you would you like to <laughs> have a talk or something like that and i think that's very important and also like this one here um for the podcast in itself <laughs> to be honest i was self-reflecting <laughs> am i just being lonely
2: <laughs> that i want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but
0: then i'm like nah i'm very busy i have a garden i have a dog i <laughs> have a kid <laughs> I have two kids. Uh, I I don't know if the, if if the shouting in the background is even picked up by the microphone right now, but they are. <laughs> in the other podcast, while we were in the in the crux in the climax of this uh, cultural talk, there was a shouting. Maybe ah, and I I I, uh, I said that maybe I'll just say it in the show notes. That was sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I agree. But, yeah, um, it's interesting um, to see you there, there, no? Um, I have this picture of you. uh, I mean, we were sharing beer, I don't know, 2018 uh, in preparation for a a big event as well in the Philippines. And it makes me happy to see that you are now in this full capacity to live an impact um, to other people through media. Uh, what do you think is the main responsibility of media especially in uh, in situations where there are skirmish or you know wars or you know things like this at this moment um, how do you think would be the proper way to address conflict because i can see that you're in a Uh, I mean, you're in an area where there's conflict abounding, you know, all around, you know, so how do you, how do you take this?
1: First and foremost is that you need to become well-informed. I mean, before you do something, you need to be well-informed from both sides, you know, what you want to talk about, and I think one of the most important thing that a media person should do is that he should not instruct I mean your your job is not to instruct anyone what to do or um, how to do things but instead you should become a venue for dialogue you should become you should you should facilitate more dialogue from both sides not just like um, not just clinging from one side or the other side. Because, you know, um, though, I I really believe that um, there's no such thing as unbiased news because you are a person yourself, the one who's writing the news, for instance. You have your biases, and as much as you digress from your biases, it will come out even unnaturally in the things that you do. But the least thing you can do is really to facilitate dialogue. Okay, let's say that you are for this side, and then um, so you your biases would come out in your writing or in your videos or something like that. But you should never silence anyone if they would like to if they would like to say something. You know, you should facilitate dialogue, but facilitate it not in a way that it becomes a ping pong of bad words from both sides, but facilitate it in a way that it becomes more let's say if we can't reach the academic <laughs> if if we can't reach the academic at least the one that's um rooted from respect and the, the, the rooted from the our thirst to understand each other
0: mm. interesting uh, I mean this ping pong of bad words or you know <laughs> insulting each other Uh, it actually compelled me to uninstall Facebook uh, Mm -hmm. from my phone. I just think that it's too much, and I just felt like, um, how do you say that? It's just a waste of time. Uh, to be honest, I'd like to be just you know raw about it. That I feel like, um, for the lack of a better term, uh, people are intellectually masturbating
2: on Facebook.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And it isn't really even... Um, it boils down as this guys to promote a certain side, let's say politically, at least in the Philippines. Uh, but then it tends to control the person ranting, to search and destroy <laughs> you know so i got off that bandwagon really early in the pandemic uh, <laughs> because i knew that this was just a, it was a bitter pill to swallow mm-hmm. and i think i did the right thing um the, this thing you say about dialogue i think it's really important um because all of these conversations that I hear online, especially in the politics uh, field, may it be in the Philippines, may it be in the U.S., uh, NATO, the Russian-Ukraine war, global events, uh, most of the things are really polarizing. You know? And uh, I, I think that there was a stage in our society in the evolution of society, where I think up until now, it's, it's uh, something that's persistent that you really had to take a side, you know, in a way. I would agree yeah. to that. Let's just say for the situation of the apartheid or slavery or all of these things, you really had to take a side. You really had to take on the good side. Mm-hmm. But also now in this um, era, or where information is just rampant, I think that the side we should take on is dialogue. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yes. The side I should we should take on is dialogue. I think that this misinformation, disinformation, all of this with different um, <laughs> prefixes, I think that dialogue is the direction to go. You know. Um not even the de- people would say, let's have a debate, let's have a but mm-hmm. i I would always go to the core of it that people would not remember everything you say but how you made them feel exactly yes how you but made them
1: feel. one thing to be clear though with uh I mean misinformation disinformation something like that mm-hmm. and which relates to dialogue yeah. I mean, with dialogue if like someone's telling you something or asking mm. you a question mm. then if you're ready to dialogue the one answering then you should mm-hmm. answer like truthfully so yeah. it should be something like that but if the other person like already blocked you yes <laughs> from mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. i mean didn't want to answer your question because mm-hmm. My point is like this, and mm-hmm. I don't want to answer your question, something like that so mm. it's there's no dialogue at all that's what um, that's what keeps like that's what yeah. frustrates yeah. me as a person, not just a medium not just a media media practitioner, but mm. it mm. What, it's it's really frustrating for me right now mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. I just sigh and then, oh, you know? <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah 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 so. did you experience experience being unfriended and Re-friended, unfriended again <laughs> because of saying something.
1: <laughs> let's say that I let's say that I am kinder. <laughs> let's say that I I take the first step of unfollowing the person. <laughs> so. So, I mean, they will not know that I, un, I unfollowed them. No, I, I don't yeah, unfriend yeah. the person. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't unfriend the person. I mean, I want to stay friends with the person, but for my own peace of mind, yeah. I mean, I would unfollow the person. I mean, I'm so tired of your of your things, of your, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, things yeah. that you say. So right. I just unfollow you. I won't unfriend you. I want to become friends. I mean, I mean, if you have something yeah, important yeah. to say, shut me up, PM me, or something like that. Yes, right. yes, yes. I'm tired of yeah. reading.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what the effect for me with this unfollowing thing, uh, to be honest, because uh, Facebook, as I observed, it's really, uh, I don't know, it became an echo chamber for just a lot of things and the algorithm sort of whoa, whoa, whoa <laughs> <algorithm>. <laughs> well i i say i think it was like i don't know a decade ago and i was i said something very nasty on facebook and then that just the algorithm picks it up and then just brings you more of these things you say anyway so this unfollowing Mm, just recently, um, my wife was <clears throat> wondering about my feed on Facebook. She's not; she's not the nosy type, but I, I told she would every now and then hear me in the kitchen laughing. I go to the garage laughing, and every—it's just a lot of things. And then maybe in one and in one lunch, or you know, talk over lunch. I said, I you know what I started unfollowing following a lot of this, you know, politically, whew, politically, politically correct um, friends of mine, and so now I started following cats and dogs. <laughs> That's what I was thinking before you
1: said it. I was already thinking about it.
0: <laughs> I was already thinking of cats and dogs before you even said. <laughs> one thing led to the other and if you see if you see my feed it's mostly cats and dogs and thing and people doing stupid things you know this american funniest videos kinds of things memes and all of that so now when i open um my feed in facebook it's mostly those things and then i have this sort of you know detector in my eyes at the moment I say, ha ha ha, some, somebody politically correct, poli- politically correct, and I unfollow right away. It's not because they're wrong or they are right or, you know, they offend me or something. It's just that I felt that I feel like um, I should be spending more time having fruitful conversations with people than going there and ranting uh, something. But, 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 just a caveat. But let's just say, you know, Mm -hmm. something really wrong is happening you know i think it's important as well to point it out Uh, i i don't uh, condone just dismissing or canceling out bad news altogether um, because i think that there's also something we can learn from it and it can be a point of dialogue but getting too immersed you will feel it when you already talk with somebody who's already drowning in Negativity. Let's just say. So I also am not for this toxic positivity. <laughs> I didn't even know that that existed. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of
1: talent to like not get immersed, especially yeah. when you're already you very passionate with what you're saying. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just can't brush it off. I mean, yes, a lot yes. of talent. Yes, so
2: yes, yes.
0: if you can't brush it off, but maybe then stray yourself true, away from it. True. <laughs> true, true. There was this one time. Um, i had a friend i will not name him but they were all bickering all over social media group of friends from different islands in the philippines something political bickering here fighting there suddenly i got unfriended by this person so i searched for his name we're not friends anymore. I have to add you as a friend. Okay. Wow. It's, it's like, you know, it's like a <laughs> posh restaurant. I have to reserve a seat now. <laughs> just to talk to you. I have to uh, add you as a friend again. And like, all right. All right. What happened here? So before I added this person, I messaged first. Did you just unfriend me? Did I say something offensive? Did I do what? Uh, and he said, ah, It was in those moments when I was not feeling good. I started unfriending people, whatever. So it's like, okay, Uh, would you like to add me back as a friend? (laughs) This is a really stupid question. (laughs) (laughs) You like? (laughs) I have the confidence, though. Yeah, (laughs) uh, would you take my offer? (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay, I'm gonna add you now as a friend. You know, this is something really, really. very i know caveman style kind of conversation but anyway um we're back as friends and in the at the end of the day he said uh edward thank you that uh, you stayed uh, because most of the people really left uh even uh, they unfriended me even before i unfriended them <laughs> so i said i think the moral of the story as well was like um don't these politicians they are they should represent us you know as, as a people uh but our friendships are not worth it now uh, i would always say to our friends you elect a system not a person. You're electing a system. So choose the the representative of that system you feel would make the country better. Okay. So this systems persist even without the the guy that is in there that you hate the most. This systems will persist if you vote for that same system. So what like I said, this candidates will come and go and you want our friendship to go along with them, just come and go. That's it. Mm -hmm. No, we can't. Because, first, we went to some island together and watched the sunset, or we surfed together. You know, we went hiking into this mountain, and it was fun, whatever. And then just in social media, without even telling me in front of my face that I hate you, I would have appreciated that. But just (laughs) there in social media, I I do not agree with you, friend.
2: That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's silly. I think it's silly because most people make a facade on social media, and they are not that in real life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. They have this outer ego, and it's it's so funny because I would I, because this person I'm not gonna say who, uh, blah, blah, blah 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 blah. He will know. Uh, making this, and I said, you didn't even return the polo you borrowed from me. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're, okay. and now being unfriended right away. <laughs> you didn't even want to argue with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, what is that? We shared the, the polo,
1: man. We shared the polo. You should. <laughs> <laughs> like we shared a dog. <laughs> we can just leave. You can just part
0: ways. <laughs> But anyway, those are th- those are my thoughts really on this. So uh, I know at some points in my life, I know I've been a punitive person. Also, I think uh, everyone experiences that. I don't know if you're really like a saint saint, but I had that uh, experience, and it's not fun. It's hmm. not fun. Now that I have kids, I like. I would always like. Nah, I'm a teacher now. I'm a teacher, so. I'm a, uh, I'm a teacher to my kids. I'm the leader of the pack. So what I do oof, it's scary man. If you get kids of your own, oh it's scary. <laughs> I think when I was uh, when I was a kid, I was a scary little creature. yeah, sneaky copying everything.
2: Ooh.
0: Say some bad words you will hear it they're echoing in the kitchen.. <laughs> oh <laughs> God it's like having a CCTV that has a mind of its own walking around just watching observing yeah how you eat you cross your arms like this you you (laughs) fold your legs or you scratch your face like this later on you will see those gestures in front of children so going back circling back to your thing with the with these children i could see yes i think the if we really want to change the future as cliche as it may be we have to act as responsible adults in front of children too really it's a, it's a hard thing so <laughs> if if you're not courageous enough don't have kids <laughs>
1: <laughs> i uh, what you're about to say
0: <laughs> i'm gonna get this <laughs> <laughs> but courageous though. But, courageous though, <laughs> <laughs> but you're courageous though, courageous
1: though—that's the thing that matters, you know. That's courage. Yeah. Doing things even if like there's a fear of like being kicked out of the house and doing it anyway, or saying it
0: anyway—that's courage. Yeah. yeah, it's it's ah it's, oh, wow. So I I would say to to everyone, being single is a privilege. Don't waste. Don't waste it because the time comes when you will be asked to become a teacher, a parent, a husband, you know, part of
2: the grown-up society.
0: (laughs) The moment you are there, man, responsibilities will measure you up how mature you are. I always say this to my friends. Mm -hmm. It's not your age that will sort of measure your maturity. It's the responsibilities you've taken.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. The more responsibilities you have and are living, the more mature you are. Because when you become responsible for another human being, it breaks you, it makes you. It's a never-ending cycle. It's beautiful. Mm, exactly. Nice. Yes, yeah, it's nice. Anyway, I think I've been talking too much. But <laughs>
1: No, you need to talk more so that maybe your wife would hear you and then... are, you, are you actively <laughs> diagnosing me now? Yeah, exactly. I already have a diagnosis in my, my pad here.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh I think we were able to touch really on the three three main points uh that you, you also wrote up in, you know, this pre 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 podcast thing. Um, living a positive impact, um, living a generalist kind of life, uh, jack of all trades, and then keeping up physically, you know, keeping healthy uh, in a way. And I just like to ask, um, in all of this, in this triad trifecta of who you are so far as of now, is there something curious that you might want to share? Especially to dream catchers, people who want to pursue the kind of life that you are living now, there's something very curious you might want to share. Well, I say, I can say that I think personally,
1: there's no such thing as a static goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, a static goal is very dangerous to think. I mean, mm-hmm our goals should improve. If not improve, maybe change direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Because delusions always happen when we have like static goals. I mean, okay, now I already, I'm already earning like $3,000 per month. Then what? Mm-hmm. Then what? So you should never have a static goal. You should, mm-hmm. you should always update your goals. You know, mm-hmm. that means that every time you have goal, set a goal, it should be attainable. Based on your, based on what you have, where you are right now, what you can do. So if you reach that goal and then you update again, then you reassess yourself. Okay, now what do I have? What can I do? So it means that a constant self-improving mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm. So how can we improve? Well, we can't improve if we say that I already know that I I don't want to study that anymore or mm-hmm. you know something like that. We should always accept that there's always a lot of things to learn. I mean, mm-hmm. for instance me here,'m I, 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 about I already told you I'm about to leave my job to leave my mm-hmm. job by the by end of May. So I was thinking like, so what will I do? So I thought maybe while waiting for other um, jobs, mm-hmm. maybe I can start freelancing, I can advertise myself online as a mm-hmm. as a video editor, or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But I said, but no, I'm not a very good video editor. I mean, I can't compete with this, like, After Effects Mm -hmm. people, something like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So what should I do? I mean, what should I do? Said, well, I am still a video editor, maybe not like them. So (laughs) my goal, maybe someday doing this, doing this, like, um, freelance editing jobs is, like, to become like them. And then when Mm -hmm. I'm already like them, maybe I can already update my goal. So Mm
2: -hmm. it should Mm
1: -hmm. be it should be a constant self improving, you know, constant self improving and never hurt yourself or someone else along the way. Because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know, it's not worth it. It's as much as as cliche as it may sound. Mm -hmm. Uh, relationship still matters more than (laughs) whatever and Mm -hmm. yes we can be we can be like um, a very successful bachelor living in our penthouse and then Mm -hmm. no but think of the how many people we've hurt along the way or we've stabbed along the way Mm -hmm. it won't it will haunt you Mm -hmm. i hope it won't haunt. i will i will never i will never wish it to anyone else but Mm -hmm. it will haunt you i mean Mm -hmm. I've been there. I've been. I've done that. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I've. I think I've already did my. My. I already asked forgiveness for those people that I've. I've hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, until this point, if you thought, "Oh my God, what did that? Why did I do that? Why did I say that?" Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it it's not worth it to hurt someone else just to reach your goal. I mean
0: it's <laughs> mm, 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 just
1: like freedom the, the limit of your freedom is when you step on someone else's freedom it's yes. like
0: mm-hmm. yeah there's a line mm-hmm. yes interesting well that, that's good yes it's a. Uh, I I like that I like that thought in the, in the previous podcast I was talking to a freediver and we were talking about redirection in life this sort of You know, um, that thing was like the top of a building, (laughs) the roof deck. These are now the stairs or the elevator going up there. The redirection kind of thing. Uh, Looking at where you are and then watching your step. You know, watching your step. Okay. So this is now where I am. This is what I can do. I will understand that I am at this stage. Okay. Maybe let's reassess our goal. Maybe can we pass through this slide here or that? That is true. I I appreciate that. Sometimes uh, when I get into these conversations with people, there are really truly some words that I I some thoughts I could uh, express in words, and I need somebody to say it <laughs> just like this one. Yeah. <laughs> Not express it in that way. But then yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm
0: I'm happy that we had this conversation. Likewise. And yes, I, I like um, your story, in a way, because first of all, I just realized that I'm older than you. <laughs> yes,
1: 2007 student <laughs> number, baby. So <laughs> I didn't know. Uh,
0: yeah, okay, but I still feel like I'm 24. I'm fine. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no? yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, um, thank you so much for the time, and I, I wish you well. More blessings for everything that you are gonna do ahead in the future, especially with the with the kids you are helping there in Nazareth. Um, thank you so much for having, uh, I mean, passing by and you know sharing your story. I wish I could somehow in the future get back with you over beer, you know, talking about new things for from your adventure and. Finally, I'd like to ask if if people can find you somewhere online who would like to connect with you because, yes, also to help you. Maybe you want to have freelancing. People already can hear that you do this and that. So if they can find you much more easily, where where
2: would they look for you?
1: So you can find me on Facebook, um, Young How, (laughs) or through my Instagram, at Yo Young Ski. Y O Y O N G S K E E E Ah, yeah. okay. Triple E. And all right. LinkedIn, of course. Leo. How? Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, I have
1: yeah. a, I have a lot of names. So
0: how how is spelled as J A O? Yes, J. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, great. So also, uh, for our listeners, um, I I might be putting it in the show notes. Uh, I, I'm gonna help also Young maybe make a I don't know a portal for services or anything i think this is the player portion that i can hear in the background Wow. yeah Yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna make uh, just just keep note of this link uh tdc.quest young y-o-n-g i'm gonna put all of his stuff there and then you can find it so that's it thank, thank, you. You, thank you young have a nice day. Have a nice day of prayer. I think everybody praying there. Yeah, it's
1: the Ramadan, yeah. so a lot of prayers now.
0: Yeah. Uh, take care and greet us to everyone there. Thank Bye-bye.
2: you. Bye bye. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dreamcatcher Quest and please don't forget to subscribe to get notified of new episodes and get inspired to make your dreams a reality. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the whole world to me if you could rate and review Dreamcatcher. And to be always in the loop, please visit our website at my.dreamcatcher.quest. So thanks again and I'll see you next time. Happy Dreamcatching!